Hi, hockey fans. Welcome back to another weekly edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett, your host, along with Bill Berg and Bill Berg Jr. And we've got another junior along with us tonight, Brian Brandt Jr. How you doing, Brian? Doing really good, guys. Thanks for having me. You had your Warrior Showcase tournament last weekend. Yeah, Talk about- it- it was, uh, it was, so the, the three teams that have been in it uh, since the beginning has been uh, ourselves, Notre Dame Academy and Eau Claire Memorial. Um, the other team, the fourth team has kind of rotated on, on availability. Uh, this year we were, we were scheduled to have Apple Valley, Minnesota come over, um, but COVID didn't allow them to travel in, in early fall we had sent out a request to see if any teams were available. So on Alaska at the time prior to sectionals uh, coming out was going to be a sectional game for us. Um, so we had them come in for, for the, the fourth team in the tournament. I think overall it went, uh, went really well. Um, I think, you know, a lot of, we had some, some good games in there for, for the most part. And I think that, um, you know, this time of year, you just want to challenge yourself and, and make sure you can get better as you push, for over the next month, the last month of the regular season here. Playing Eau Claire Memorial and Notre Dame in terms of uh, playing talent, you can't get much more talented than that. Totally agree. Those two teams are, uh, are, are built for a long run this year. I think both of them have got a lot of experience um, and, and certainly a lot of skill to, to make a good run in the playoffs. Yeah, I was up there on, well, for one and two-thirds games on, on Friday. Uh, Bill is up there on, on Saturday. So I got to see Eau Claire Memorial and Notre Dame play. And that, that was a good game. It, half the, it took over half the game before anybody scored. Um, and then uh, Eau Claire Memorial, just timely, timely shots, a nice, a nice deflection that got things started. And then they kind of, they kind of rolled from there, but that was a very exciting game. Um, then you guys played uh on Alaska after that, uh, it was a close game for the first period. And then you guys kind of went, took, took over, uh, dominated the second and third period, but that was, that was, that was still a pretty good game. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think overall the games were, were pretty good. Like you said, in our, our game against on Alaska, we, we gave up some early chances that a senior goaltender, uh, saved us a little bit in those spots and, and allowed us to play a little bit different in the second, and the third. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know how much, you know, I, I should bring this up because I was, I, I was somewhat surprised that, you know, on Alaska was able to get so many guys in, you know, front of your net because your, your team generally plays very, you know, stout defense. So you, you don't let, you don't give up those kind of chances. Um, but I would look on if you're relying more on your goaltender and taking more chances offensively or just an off night for your defense or, or, or what? I think the first period was an off, off period for us. I felt like we were a little bit better after that uh, in the second, the third, obviously offensively, we, we created some chances early on and, and weren't able to capitalize, but then the second, the third, we were able to do that a little bit better. Um, we, we seem to be a, a second and third period team this year, uh, just based on, on statistically and, and momentum and, and that type of stuff. So I think we're a team that, that thrives as the game goes on a little bit, gets into the rhythm of the game and, and hopefully can be better in the second and third. And I think you saw a little bit of that on Friday night. 
Well, actually, I didn't stick around for the third. I, I was cold and it was past my bedtime, so I had to leave. <laughs> it, it looked like you guys looked like you guys had the game solidly in hand by that point. What the what, I didn't. Well, now we'll, we'll save it for later. Um, Bill, you got anything from Saturday? Yeah. Um, the first period, you guys again. You had a couple uh, defensive miscues in that first period where where Adam made some some really nice stops, but. You know, after that, um, you know that first goal Sorry, that Oakland, the first goal that Oakland Memorial scored on you, was you know a shot from the point through, like a whole <laughs> roster's worth of guys. I don't think Adam ever even saw it. And then you know their first power play goal was a beautiful tip. But you guys really tightened up. You guys played really good defense. Uh, you just weren't able to generate a lot of like high quality scoring chances. Uh, Eau Claire did a good job of keeping you guys outside. Yeah, you look at uh, the first two shots I think we had in the game are both off the post. Or well, the one the first one was off the post like five six seconds into the game, and then we had another one that went high into goalie and we had a good rebound opportunity. You know, where any team likes to score first, you know, and you like to think if if one of those two finds a way into the net, it, it, whether the outcome changes, I don't know, but it certainly ch- changes the flow of the game at that time. But yeah, the first goal, I think, uh, I think everyone in the re- arena was between uh, the shooter and Adam. I don't think he saw it at all. Um, and then, and then you're right. I mean, they had the the high tip on the power play goal. That was, I mean, what do you do there? There's you, you're standing right next to the guy hits off his stick and goes in. I mean, it's, you, you look at, like I told you guys before we started recording, it's our first power play goals we gave up since, since the Rapids game. And, and it's something that, that as a coach, you know, you're going to have to, special teams are super important. And that game was all about special teams. We were over four on the power play. It's the first time we hadn't scored a power play goal in about four or five games. So, you know, again, it's a game of chances and opportunities and against a good Eau Claire team, like they are, if you don't take advantage of those, you, you're not going to have much of an opportunity to, to give yourself a chance to win. Well, you're going to see enough of Eau Claire this year too, being in the same sectional with them, but that's it. That is the sectional of death there. Wow. Whoever comes out of that's definitely BJ, I'm sure you'd agree, is going to be pretty battle tested. Yeah, I think you know, you look at the way that the sectional shakes out. I mean, we've got uh, some really good, some really good teams in there. And whoever whoever's fortunate enough to be hot during that time period and, and play well for those three or four games that you got to play and win. I mean, you you like to think you're gonna have a really good opportunity. Uh, to make some noise and, and go after a state championship. I mean, that's kind of how it went last year. And, and you just, you look at that sectional and there's going to be, there's going to be some teams that, that are battle tested and, and, you know, it's, it's, you, you may have changed what your definition of success is as you travel through that, uh, through that sectional. Yeah. You look, you look at our top six and half of them are in that section. If you, expand and look at the computer rankings in the top 10 half you then you add uh two more to half of them are in that section even you go to the top 15 seven of them are in that section so um yeah that seems to be where the where the the talent lies this year in the state i mean it it varies from year to year but right now um it's kind of concentrated in the northwest yeah and you've still got um Hudson and Eau Claire North on your schedule coming up this year. Um, have you ever thought about just joining the Big Rivers Conference? <laughs> 
You know, that's funny because uh, I feel like between our conference schedule and the Big River Conference, it's like we're doing crossover games all the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as, as a sectional change, the first year that we went to two divisions, I wasn't sure where we were going to fit, what direction we were going to go, uh, being in the center of the state. So I, I we had scheduled a few from that direction, but also a few going east and a few going south. So, you know, this year, once we knew where we were, which direction we were going, it, it makes a lot of sense to have to have those games in hand when you go to the sectional meeting and when you build your schedule. If you can get some head-to-head matchups and and some wins in those games, it 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 bodes well because you know we're one of the the few sports that still do the coaches meetings that still do the coaches seatings a lot of other sports have gone to electronic seating um i hope we don't go that direction i just think it's it's a really good way to to i think coaches get it right coaches do a really good job of doing their homework in those meetings so you know they they get it right and i think it in some cases makes you feel like you have some ownership in it too I've had the chance to sit in on those couple of those meetings, the seating meetings. And Brian, I couldn't agree with you more. The coaches really do their homework. They stay on top of stuff. They come in with papers. And, you know, when it, when it comes down to where you got two teams tied and they want to, you know, they got to finish, they got to break the tie or somebody wants to challenge up or something, it's, it's really neat to sit and watch the process. And I think I'm very confident in that you guys definitely do get it right. And then, you know, speaking of sectionals and seating and all that, you know, this year, the year of the president of the, the WHCA, you know, this year we saw Superior and Wanakee are Division One this year and Homestead is in Division Two. Um, is that something that, you know, we're going to be seeing every year where there's a bunch of schools in the same general area in terms of student body? So they're bouncing back and forward between one and two? I, th- I think as, as co-ops, you know, come and go. I think as schools sponsor hockey uh, independently, I think and as, as communities grow and as communities shrink, I think you'll always see a couple teams bounce uh, up and down, whether it's by choice or they do it for um, just based on enrollment and where they lay. I think, you know, when, when teams opt up, it's a two-year agreement. They have to be up for two years. So I think, you know, that that plays into whether an organization decides or a school decides that they want to opt up to, to Division One. I. I think that's you kind of got to evaluate your program for the next two years when you go through that 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 opt up process. I think, you know, where we're at in, in the state, I think we feel like we're in a pretty good spot right now in terms of the competitiveness and how things are going between the Division Two and the Division One. I think coaches are, are happy with it overall. I think that's that's that was the intent. I mean, it, we're, we're still always trying as a coaches association group to grow and expand the state tournament. And, and we're, we're certainly you know, always going to want more teams to showcase more teams out at the state tournament every year. And I think that's that's always going to be one of our hot button items and agenda items as a group. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, the, the, we, we've we've done quite a few division two games and the, the division two coaches it, it's kind of changed the, the the way they approach things like we were up we went up to uh, Manaqua um, to see Amory play against Lakeland up there and the same night Antigo was playing over at Baldwin Woodville it's like the division two teams are now doing that you know scheduling teams from different sections of the state you know for possible you know matchups later on 
and that kind of thing. And I mean, that part of it seems to be working great, but I think everybody would still, uh, you know, rather see eight teams in division one and then four in division two. I think, I mean, that's the angle we always bring from the coach's side of it. And it's, it, it turns into a facility usage issue when we're with the girls state tournament and making sure that you can get all the games in and more importantly, to ensure that the state tournament finals are televised. Like that's a big part of, of what we want to do as a coaches group, because it showcases our sport across the state of Wisconsin and, and showcases, you know, lots of different communities to the state as to, to what hockey is in the high school world and our, in our association. So I think, you know, the more, I think that's where our growth comes next is, is in that area. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the, the hot button items all the time is the facility. You know, we look at um, the Align Energy Center and, and all of us probably would agree it's, it's seen better days. It's had, had times in its life where it was a, a great arena for hockey. Um, we're, we're always looking to, to find better options and create a great environment for our high school athletes. You know, as coaches, we talk about how the sectional final is, in most cases, a better environment than what the state tournament is. Now, the facility is is there and and we want to, as coaches, we want to create a great environment. So if, if we have a smaller facility that, that we fill, I think that's just an outstanding opportunity for athletes to have a great environment to play a state tournament at. You know, even the COVID version that we had at Rapids a year ago, I thought was a great environment for a state tournament. I mean, just the way that that, that place is set up. So we're always looking in that world too, to try to get a great chance and opportunity for for some change maybe in the facility department how long is the wia signed up with the uh, lion energy center any idea i do know this is the last year <laughs> that smile says a lot right there <laughs> well it says a lot because it's a it's an opportunity here you know, we've, yes, we've, yes. we've got we've got an opportunity right now to do some homework and put some uh, some data in front of the the WIA and say, hey, there's there's other options here for you. Um, basically, let us know how we can help, and that's those are the conversations we I've had with Lavar Ridgeway, our new WIA li- liaison there, and and he's been super great to work with, and and he has some experience with facilities in the state of Wisconsin with his time at UW Milwaukee. So he's, he's been really great to have some conversations with and at least get this going in a direction where, you know, we always joked as coaches, they keep signing, they, they keep adding one more year to their 99 year contract. And we finally hit the end of that, that contract. And, and now is a good opportunity here to, to see what we can do next, because I, I think, you know, we, we look at it from the boys and the girls side. Is there a moment that we need to split? Do we split those state tournaments up? And those are all options. I think right now, I think from the hockey world, we love being a part of the, the boys and the girls state tournament, just because it's, it's great to watch the girls as a father of, of three girls who, who hopefully will have an opportunity to, to compete in that arena. I, I love watching the, the girls hockey and the growth that it's had um, in our state. And, and selfishly, I like, I, if, if we can keep it together, I think it'd be great for the, for the game in our, in our state. Speaking of Lavar Ridgeway, he 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 owes us a, a podcast. He said he would come on. Uh, we asked him early in the season, and he said he wanted to he wanted to take in a couple of games first. Um, so he should have had ample, ample opportunity to take in some games. So 
I'll have to contact him this week and see. You should. He's been great. He's been great to to work with. I, I, you know, when somebody comes in new and, and isn't that familiar with the sport of hockey and the management side of it, he's just been awesome. He asks great questions of me. He asks great questions of our group and, and, the questions that he can't can't answer from us, he he certainly does a good job of of finding an answer. So he's been he's been really good to work with. Brian, I look here. Um, one of the things we want to talk about also is uh, WIAA updates for this year. A uh, few of the things that the uh, WIAA have changed for uh, rules and whatever else they have. Yeah. Like we, we got caught by surprise this year. We did not know that the overtime rules changed. So I'll give you the background on that. Um, the previous liaison at the state tournament, they don't want five overtime games anymore that last multiple hours. They want to, they want a winner. Um, I think it comes down to TV time. I mean, that's the reality to it. So when they implemented the, so that they go five on five for three overtimes, then they go four on four, three on three. And, and during that process, I think as coaches, we can all agree that that's a super exciting way for, for games to end. It's a super exciting thing to be a part of as a student athlete because um, you get to watch it, you know, in the college ranks and you get to watch it in the NHL. And, and we certainly didn't want our season decided on a shootout. So it was a great chance for us. Okay. So, if my state tournament is going to be decided on three on three, well, I'm going to have an opportunity to practice that. We don't want that to be the first environment for our athletes to, to, to get an outcome of three on three. So if it, I think it was last year or the year before, we agreed that we would add a second overtime and it would be three on three just to give the kids an opportunity to get an outcome. And I think it helps from the seating side because you now you've got an outcome. It's a win. It's a loss. Okay. We're, we're, Sometimes that eight minutes of a five on five wouldn't produce a, a winner or a loser. And I think in this case, you know, the three on three is super exciting. Um, we, we've well, unless you're of, a goalie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it can go from two on one games, games, potentially one to, oh my gosh, they're on a breakaway the other way. So it's had some, some, some excitement to, to that five minutes of hockey. But yeah, that, that's a change that, that we've had to educate referees on. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, the email gets sent out and I think we all glaze over the, the first seven bullet points of that email. And, and, you know, maybe sometimes we don't see the whole thing, but it's, it's a, I think it's a good thing for our game. I think it's a good thing for kids to experience, especially in the regular seasons, knowing that that is potentially going to happen to them when they're, when their season's on the line down the road. Oh, I, I saw one. Uh, it was in a tournament, the a girl, a girl's tournament over in Eau Claire. Um, where it was the three on three overtime, and all of a sudden it turned into a two on zero break, breakout. And one of the the girls on the team threw her stick. You know, bro- throwing your stick is not a good idea. But she turned a two on zero, you know, with a chance for rebounds, into just a penalty shot with no rebound. So she had an advantage out of throwing her stick. It's it's really interesting. I mean, we we've had. <laughs> Breakaway on one end, goalie makes a save. Breakaway on the other end, goalie makes a save. The kids are trying to figure out when they have to change and how you change. Um, I mean, I think about our, our game against Stevens Point where we scored in the double overtime. That was a situation where 
we were breaking the puck out and the guy broke a stick and changed to the bench. And in that moment, it created a mini one on all for, for a little bit. And, you know, it just, it, it creates situations that are exciting for fans and a, and a little bit chaotic for coaches, but. Uh, and hell for goalies. <laughs> goalies, goalies got to know that it, it might be a three on all coming at them. You don't know. You see a lot in the NHL when guys, uh, when they have the three on three guys will shoot and it'll, the puck will ring around and all of a sudden, you know, you're going back the other way super quick. So it's, it's a fun way of uh, getting some high octane hockey going. I don't know if anybody in Wisconsin has done it, but over in the KHL in their overtime, Sergei Fedorov in right situations has been pulling his goalie to make that three on three into a four on three. Uh, you know, the right players have to be on the ice, but I'm like, that's a that's a good way to make sure that that overtime doesn't end in a tie. Either you're going to score up four to three, or you're giving them an empty net. Right? Wow, that'd be a, that'd be an interesting interesting way to handle it. I have not seen that, but but yeah, it's no different than pulling the goalie, but you're just tied this time. <laughs> BJ, something um, to put that, in your bag of tricks, right? I'll put it behind my ear. <laughs> Um, uh, another issue. I don't know. I don't know if this is something the coaches even discuss with the WIA when it comes to like rule changes and stuff. Uh, I'm sure we all saw the news last week. A hockey player in Connecticut, a high school hockey player, um, died after taking a, a skate to the to the neck. Um, and USA Hockey does not mandate uh, net guards. Uh, hockey Canada does. Hockey Europe does. The IAHF does, but USA Hockey doesn't. Is that is that kind of conversation of mandating net guards something that you guys could have with the WIA? Um, you know, or are they just going to follow what the the NHF and FHS rulebook says? Well, there's always Wisconsin adaptations to the NFHS rulebook. I think anytime there's a situation, you know, like the 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 young boy in Connecticut, I think it just brings light to to things that we can make our game safer. There's ways, there's ways to do it. Um, I don't, we, we haven't had any conversations at this time to, to make any rule changes in that direction. I think a lot of it will be predicated, you know, even though they're different entities between USA hockey and NFHS, they seem to align similarly in, in some of their rulings and how penalties are called and the way the game's played. So, I mean, I think it would take USA hockey, to, to do something for us to, to look at it. But, but certainly, you know, anytime it's, it's no different than, you know, um, when there's a paralyzation or something like that and how you, how you teach the game and how those, those changes evolve, unfortunately with tragedy sometimes, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it's going to be something we talk about in the, in the spring when we have our, our annual meeting. And Speaking then the, of the last, oh, you go ahead, MJ. Go ahead. Go ahead, Junior. Go ahead and finish I was just it saying the, the last thing that was on our notes here, um, you know, obviously we're, we're planning on, you know, the in-person state tournament and everything again this year. On the other hand, uh, with Omicron, uh, most of the state's hospitals are full. Um, are there, I mean, is the active, you know, what is the WIAA doing to, to monitor the situation right now and, um, you know, stay on top of things in, in that respect? Well, I, I just had this conversation last week with LeVar because obviously as things have changed here over the last month, um, we're not going in a great direction 
in terms of, of how, you know, the COVID cases throughout our state and, and just the capacity of everything. So I asked him, I said, Hey, what, what's, what's the, the backup plan here? And, and his comment to me was everyone that held a state tournament a year ago, um, they were asked in, in a, in a scenario, would, would you be willing to hold a state tournament again this year? And, and his response was, you know, yes, those places would host the state tournaments again. So in the event that, you know, Dean County um, or the Alliant Energy Center isn't willing to, to host the event, I think they, they have secured backup plans where we would have the alternative. So in our case, I think it would, it would be held in Rapids or a similar type arena again, which, you know, I think all of us want to want to return to the normal and, and have a normal state tournament down in Madison, but we also understand how things change and things change pretty rapidly here over the last month. So it, it'll be interesting. I think all of us are just waiting to, to get to that point and see see what decisions are made. Okay, so when, when, when you say Rapids again, are you talking about like last year that's just for the championship game and like the semifinals would be played at the uh, home arenas? Yeah, yeah, I think I think we would follow that model. Okay. I think that's that's a detail to be worked out, obviously, in, in that event. But I, I mean, I think there were some positives to having a, a state semifinal in your home arena, especially for, for the team that's hosting it. I just think that was a special thing for those communities that got the opportunity to host those or whether, you know, I just, there, there's some positive things that came out of it. And I think, you know, obviously we want to be down at the Alliant and, and run our traditional, um, you know, banquet and, and festivities that go along with celebrating a high school hockey season. But, but we all, we all know that, you know, if there is change, we'll adapt to it and, and give the athletes a, a really good experience. You know, last year we had the virtual state banquet, and I, there were some really positive things that came out of that. I, I thought it was I thought it was done well, and I think the kids got you know partnering with you guys was really good with that. I just and the sour the sour foundation and just I think we did as well as we could with what we had last year. And, and if that's the route we got to take, we'll we'll do it again. Brian Brandt, the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association president. Um, anything else anybody wants to bother him about? Got to get those kids to bed, Brian. I do. It's my turn. Home on Monday night. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Brian. Brian Brandt's been our guest. Talk about many things going on in the WIAA and in the state of hockey here in Wisconsin. Um, let's go to our games of the week. Burglar, you got to see Pines in the Wisconsin Valley Union. I did. We both did. Uh, Bill and I went down there. Um, interesting teams. Uh, Wisconsin Valley Union and Northland Pines. Each team is led by uh, – each team has one dominant player, and both of them are our defenders um, for Northland Pines. It is Grace Whitkoff, and for Wisconsin Valley Union is Leah Pavelski. Uh, even though they play defense, they are each the, the leading scorer on their team. Um, I mean, you can you can you watch it. Doesn't take you long to watch the game to know that the, for each team, they're they're the straw that stirs the drink. Um, between the two, uh, Grace Whitkoff 
uh, takes more chances. Um, she, she, she rushes the puck up the ice. She goes in. In the game that we saw, uh, she scored the first goal. She, she brought the puck in along the boards, cut, to the, cut towards the slot, fired a shot. And then unlike a lot of players, you know, they shoot and then peel off. She followed her shot, so she got the rebound, and it was the rebound that went in. Um, the second goal was a, that she scored was a, uh, just a, a cannon of a slap shot from the point that beat the goalie up high over her glove side. Um, but, yeah, Grace, and, and she takes a lot of chances because she's fast enough to get back. You know, somebody gets behind her, um, except Leah Pavelski. Um, Leah Pavelski did get behind her one time, and Grace Whitcoff could not catch Leah Pavelski. Um, yeah, Leah Pavelski is the same type of player for Wisconsin Valley Union. She just doesn't. She's not as adventurous. I think she doesn't quite have the the the, the depth of, of players behind her to, to back her up um, that Whitcoff does. But yeah, it, it was fun you, you watching these two kind of. You, you could tell they were kind of you know keeping an eye on each other. I think. Uh, the coaches made sure that when one was on the ice, the other one, you know, was always on the ice to stop them. Um, we even saw an example of that with Pavelski. Um, I think it was in the first period. Um, she made a nice play coming down into the zone um, and she lost it right before she got the shot off. The The defender came in and um, Pines turned around and went the other way. And um, even though Pavelski had stepped up, none of their wings had dropped back to take her spot. Um, so Pines had a, a good chance going the other way. Uh, Sophie Saunders managed to break it up. That was uh, Leah's defensive partner for the day. But yeah, like I think when you're a defenseman and you see your team not backing you up, sometimes when you make those rushes, it, it makes you a little less anxious to, to make those rushes. Yeah, that's like, I always thought, you know, watching a lot of, you watch a lot of games on college or, or NHL where you have one of those offensive defensemen. And the thing that lets that offensive defenseman do that is having a strong partner, you know, who can handle the two on one that you're going to, that you're going to leave them because you leave them a lot of two on ones. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think Grace quick have a little stronger supporting cast, but th th those are the two players that, that dominated the game. Um, and, and Whitcoff's team came out on top. Tell one of the most anticipated games of the season down here in the southern part of the state to, uh, I guess you can call them heavyweights, Wanakee and Edgewood. Um, Wanakee, you know, made a top six appearance, Edgewood top six appearance. And uh, those two teams got together and got to play in the Badger Challenge, and you were there. Yeah, thanks, MJ. I was there for um, actually three games that day. I caught the first two games of the day, I, um, Milton and Baraboo, where Milton ended up with a 3-2 to two victory with a only goal in the third period to win that one. Um, caught the RWD DeForest game and saw something I had never seen in high school hockey uh, in that game where the referees made the goalie go serve a penalty. He got a two and 10 for a misconduct. And so a little bit of excitement going on in to get us into the game that was our game of the week, which was uh, Madison Edgewood at Wanakee. And, you know, Wanakee came into this game with an 11 game winning streak. 
And Edgewood came in there with one thing in their mind, and that was to put it into the streak. And they basically, 12 seconds into the game, were up one to nothing. They, they're they up one nothing 12 seconds in and also picked up their first penalty 12 seconds in. <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, it, it was an interesting game. Three to one at the end of the first period, uh, four to two at the end of two, and Edgewood scores one late in the third third period to end up winning the game 5-2. The one thing that imp really impressed me with Edgewood, last week I talked about the speed of Wanakee in the second period. And Edgewood just seemed to be able to get to every loose puck that was out there. The speed and um, going after it, it, they were always right there. And it seemed to be like two people all the time. It was never just one. You know, two to three people always after the puck. And the one thing that really impressed me with Edgewood is you never saw them flat-footed. Every one of their skaters were continuously on the move. And, you know, that that was, the, I think, the biggest difference in the game was the constant movement and never being able to catch Edgewood flat-footed. You got talented forwards for Edgewood like J.J. Weebush and uh, Cody Menzel. And plus, uh, they play pretty good defense as well. And to shut down Wanaki, who had been, what did we say last week, averaging, what, seven goals a game and holding the two, say they did a pretty good job. And, well, they did a good job. And I, the se senior Mac Reed and uh, um, I'm trying, sophomore David Emmerich are the two that we've spoken a lot about throughout the season. And they – we're getting frustrated and you, because Edgewood was stopping them and Edgewood was letting them know they were stopping them. Played you a know, physical game. A, it's physical, but it was a game that had a lot of jawing going on. Uh, you, and, I'm sure these kids all know each other. From, well, you know. I got to speak to David Emmerich's dad, David Emmerich. <laughs> And uh, a little bit before the game, and he he did mention, you know, that a lot of them played Team Wisconsin together, and you know, have been to the Jets together and stuff like that. So, so they they you know, to me, it seems a lot different with sports now than like when Burglar and I were in high school and stuff. Uh, now the athletes play all you know, out of season in the same sport with all these other athletes where you didn't really do that when we were younger. There wasn't all those places to go do that. And then again, I was never a great enough athlete to be able to go play all those other places too. But that's that's a total other story. But, you know, they, they get to do that now. So they, they get to learn each other's tendencies a little bit more. And the other thing that that also does is you get to learn the tendency of what gets underneath another player's skin. Yes. And if you can take a player, and I don't care if you are a star player or not, if you can get under their skin and get them out of the game, their game, that has a lot to do. Couldn't agree more. But, but no, uh, Badger Challenge, uh, talk to Neil Matson, uh, the Milton coaches, and uh, Eric Olson, and, you know, they all love that the, the Badger Challenge came along this year, and they hope it's something that they continue to do going down the road. 
Sounds like and, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it, it was a lot of fun. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you, MJ. Okay. Um, it's time for our Radisson Madison Players of the Week. I, oh, I, I just want to make one more comment on the, the Badger Challenge thing. Like, um, you know, Bill, Bill and I have, have you know, uh, talked for a long time. We, we, we love the, the Badgerland Conference where they play each other one time during the season, and then they use uh, that those outcomes to seed their conference tournament. And um, we like the fact that uh, the Great Northern Conference has picked that up and done it. And like the Badger East and the Badger West, I mean, it's the same, you know, it, it, they had the same name, but they never really did anything, you know, about it. But I, I really like this idea of, you know, you know, late in the season, the, the top team in the Badger East play the top team in the Badger West. I think that that's a great idea. And I, I do hope that's something they go, that, that they continue with because uh, little things like that just make everything more fun, I think. Yeah, I think if you can replace just some of your, your one-off, regular season games with some kind of event like that um i think it's just hey it's more fun like you know wasa west plays eau claire memorial every year anyway they play notre dame academy every year anyway but this year you know they had the little tournament in wasa uh with on alaska that's a good thing um you know more stuff like that i've been arguing for the cardinal cup for 10 years now <laughs> i want it to happen you know, Sun Prairie, Middleton, Chippewa Falls, and Fond du Lac, they need to have an in-season tournament every year to tr- determine the one true Cardinal. Wasn't wasn't there a fifth one, though? Wasn't it Pacelli Cardinal? Uh, Pacelli, Pacelli was, but... Um, Pacelli's a co-op. No, they don't even call themselves... They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're a not, co-op, and they, they have a different name now. It's not the, the Cardinal. They're, they're not just yeah, I think even Pacelli Cardinals. The, even the game we went to, they were the... I think they just called themselves the Stevens Point Pacelli Co-op. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, right. yeah, we were, we were, so I was supposed to talk about players of the week. Um, you, what? what? Were you going to say something else? No, I was going to tell you who the player of the weeks are. Oh, it says you. Okay, never mind. All right. Do you want to do it? No, I don't. <laughs> Goaltender from Hayward, Logan Abrick, is our boys player of the week. On Tuesday, 29 saves, gave up one goal, 6-1 to win over Ram, Regis, Altoona, McDonald. Friday, what a performance, 43 saves and a one nothing win over KMMO. Turns right around Saturday, makes 65 saves, two goals allowed, 2-1 to double overtime loss to uh, number two ranked Rice Lake. So Logan Abrick had a very, very good week, and he's very worthy of our boys' player of the week and on the girls side the ECA stars Addison is it Grokey we'll go with that Tuesday two goals in a four to two loss to the central Wisconsin storm and also two goals in a five four loss to Hudson so Addison congratulations to you as you are our girls Madison Radisson Madison player of the week on the girls' side. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of things I wanted to say about the, the players of the week. One um, with Addison Kralke. If you look at the Eau Claire area stars record this year, it's dismal. Um, but you look at, I mean, these two games, 
Um, you know, four to two loss to Central Wisconsin, five to four loss to us, and these are top. They're playing. They're playing. They're playing close. They're well, yeah. They're they're, they're playing close games, but always seeming to come up short. And, and Addison Grolke gives them a little hope for the future because she's just a freshman and she's apparently uh, starting to catch on. You know how how the high school game is played. She had herself a big week, and apparently. Um, the Tuesday game, apparently the, the 29 saves for, for Logan Abrick was just run of the mill stuff, but apparently he got a lot of it. He, he, he caught a lot of people's attention over the weekend. Uh, that was a tournament that they were playing in. Um, and cause we, we got, we got flooded with, uh, Logan Abrick nominations. So apparently he, uh, a lot of people noticed his play over the weekend and everybody that saw him, uh, play like sent us. Uh, a player of the week nomination. It's got well, an older brother. Does, his his older brother was um, G- runner up. Yeah, his he was runner up when he was a senior in our um, Kirk Gobbinspeck Award. Uh, in I think it's still the closest vote we've had. Uh, I'd have to look at the spreadsheets, but he he was runner up. And then Logan seems to be following right along. Um, that was the first time where I ever got a a player of the week nomination from an opposing coach where all they did is send me a picture of the scoreboard at the end of the game where it showed the shots. And he said like, we won with five seconds left in the second overtime. Like this is insane. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a pretty good one. He does lead the state in save percentage. Um, if you look at qualifying goaltenders, um, uh, he leads, he's at 652. The next closest behind him is at 643 which at this point in the season, um, you know, a 10th of a, uh, of a percentage point is actually kind of a lot or 942 and 943, or 952 and 943. I can't talk. I'm on drugs right now. I had surgery today. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Wisdom teeth. Wisdom teeth, boy, they come back and they, uh, they hurt if you don't take care of them, but, Junior's uh, sticking oh, it out tonight. Oh yeah, just just throw throw. He he mentioned you know the difference between nine what nine forty two and nine fifty three, nine fifty two and nine forty three. Okay, um, okay. Let's throw some common numbers like a goalie whose save percentage is an even nine hundred and a goalie whose save percentage is nine fifty. How much better is the nine fifty goalie? He's twice as good as the goalie with the nine hundred save percentage. Because out of 20 shots, he let in one. Out of 20 shots, the other goalie let in two. He's twice as good. So, yeah, not between 940 and 950, there's, there's still – that's a big difference when it comes to goaltending. Still, when you're getting 940, 950 in high school, you're doing pretty doggone good. Um, his brother, Gavin, as we mentioned him um, – he had the chance, he plays for Army in uh, college. And he came down to Madison and put on a show against the Badgers. Oh, they I remember win. that. They didn't win, but boy, he played well. I watched that game. He gave them every chance to stay in that game, and he played fantastic. Um, so those are our two players of the week. Junior, now... This is your this is your subject. This is what you this is what you thrive in. It's that top six polls. You got D one, D two, and the girls polls. 
The votes are yeah, in. But I put burglar on the show notes this week because I don't want to talk that much all at once. Because you're on drugs. Yes. All okay, right. Bur- burglar's burglar's normally on drugs. He's used to it. All um, right, Bill, go right ahead. All right. Um, division one. Uh, no change at well, no change at the top. Although apparently I, I did get the I did send the wrong tweet out. Uh, I was at the the game um, where Oakland Memorial played Notre Dame, um, as we talked about earlier in the 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 Warriors uh, showcase. I, I, had, I had sent out a thing that it was number two Notre Dame against number three Oakland Memorial. Uh, apparently, Oakland Memorial was number two and Notre Dame was number three, but now Notre Dame falls to number four. Um, after losing to Oakland Memorial uh, again, Oakland North moves up. So it's Hudson number one, Oakland Memorial number two, Oakland North now at number three, Notre Dame at number four, uh, Nina Hortonville Manash at five, and Madison Edgewood at six. I believe those stay the same. Um, in Division two, oh, St. Mary Springs is back to a uh, unanimous number one, followed by Rice Lake. Emory, New Richmond, those stay the same. Uh, Oregon moves up one spot to number five, and Baldwin-Woodville moves into the top six, uh, edging out Mosinee. So uh, that's new, new one there in the number six spot uh, in Division Two. The girls stay the same at the top, Bay Area, followed by Fox Cities in Central Wisconsin. Uh, the Metro Lynx move up one spot. Uh, St. Croix Valley moves down one spot. And Unalaska replaces Western Wisconsin in the number six spot on the girls' side. Look at that Division One, one, two, and 3, all Big Rivers Conference teams. Yep. You know, mm. I was, when I was looking at the D1, you know who we haven't seen this year in, in D1 in the polls at all? And that's USM. Usually they're bouncing around in there somewhere, but uh, they haven't been in there this year. Maybe, uh, I don't know, say changing the guard. Maybe they just, you know, have got, you know, they got a new regime there. And I don't know. It just well, seems I mean, weird that we didn't mention them. There were, there, the last couple of years, Oakland Memorial hasn't really been in the top six either. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have, you know, a down year or two. And now this year, like the team that I watched on Saturday, they are fantastic. Um, you know, the fact that, I mean, they they were good enough that I'm like, wow, they're not the number one team in the state. Hudson is and like, they were really good. You know, the team that's kind of surprises me that hasn't uh, broke into the top six yet is uh, Waukesha. You know, they're sitting there. I think they're sitting at about, 12 and one, 12 and two, somewhere in there. And, Tyler, and, Dale, Tyler Dale is almost a one man wrecking crew for that team. That kid can rack it up quick. And uh, he's only a junior and he's can point a lot of points on the board. Yeah. And again, I mean, you, you have to play. I mean, it's kind of like with Wanaki. I mean, you, you have to play some of the, the top teams, I mean, you can rack up as many wins as you want against the lesser teams, but, you know, if you want to get recognized as one of the top teams in the state, you're going to have to beat one of the top teams in the state. Well, you know, was it a couple years ago that they were really 
really good up there and right right in our top actually i think it was when we were doing top tens yet um and i, I see that their their one loss that they had this year is a six to four loss to wausau west their third game of the season but th yeah then like you said they really haven't played anybody since then they beat U usm usm is just a little above 500 uh and they're really not going to get get anything until they hit the uh, sectionals. You know, when you look at their schedule, that's must to play. Uh, so I looked up Gavin Abrick at Army while you guys were doing all that. He is currently ranked eighth in Division One in save percentage. <laughs> um, Army is eight, seven, and three when he's in net, which is you know, eight, seven, three is basically just a 500 team. But yeah, he is eighth in division one in save percentage at 928. What's what's Army's record overall? Uh their other goalie is 0 and 2. Oh okay. So eight, nine, and three. So he's doing fantastic. Somebody ought to draft him. Draft him or he's gonna get a look the free agent route. I mean he's only a sophomore. He's got a couple more years yeah. to go. But... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and plus, he's got, and a, then, and then, got a commitment and then to finish. Then, then he's got a four-year commitment to the army that that comes along with the free ride. Oh, um, maybe he'll get the David Robinson treatment. <laughs> yeah, he's no, what eighth, he... eighth. I mean, that's. I mean, we don't see. You know, I did. I looked it up a couple of years ago. You know, all of our award winners. You know, Pavelski, Drewski, Dobbinsbeck, and. Most of the Pavelski and Drewiski winners have played Division One hockey. The rest have played Division Three hockey. You know they've all gone on and done really well. But our goalies just get no love um, to the point where some of them didn't even get a look in junior hockey. And that's something we've seen from Wisconsin for a long time. Our goalies just get no respect. But seeing him at Army, eighth in the in the nation in save percentage, uh, it warms my heart. Well, see, Look, how tall? How tall does it say he is? Oh, I closed the page. Oh. I would bet he's probably what about six four. He's not a short kid. And anyway, the 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 mission of those uh, those teams, like well, my, my my brother played for the Air Force Academy w w way back in the day, and he said their mission, um, I mean, besides you know winning hockey game, was to play against these other college teams and show them that you didn't need Canadians on your team to have a good college hockey team um, because the air force Academy, like uh, the army, you know, that's all American kids. There's, you know, they're not Canadians. They're American. Six, Americans. Six, three, one seventy. Six, three, one seventy. Yeah. So he hasn't gained any weight since we saw him in high school. <laughs> no. Then you look at a kid like, you know, came out of uh Waukesha, Garrett Larson, what was he, maybe 5'10", 5'11"? I mean, he wasn't that tall. No, those those goalies, if you're under six feet, you get no love at all from no. next level. I would agree with that. They expect every, they, they, they want every, everybody to be play the percentages, be a 6'5", butterfly goalie, um, do that stupid HV thing, give up that top corner. Um, yeah. 
and get beat through the armpit. That's it. They're bringing in a sumo wrestler as a foreign exchange student's the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the wrong sport if he's a wrestler. Upcoming games of the week, Tuesday, number two, Fox City's taking on number three, Central Wisconsin Storm. Should be a great game. That's on the girls' side. On the boys' side, well, talking about the Big Rivers Conference, number one, Hudson, taking on number two, Eau Claire Memorial. Burglar, are you making a trip over for the for the Thursday game? Actually, I'm going to do both of these games. I know, I mean, I we, we've been, you know, making it a point to, you know, cover, you know, not just focus on, you know, the top four, you know, the top six teams in each division. It's, you know, cover the whole spectrum. I mean, we, we, we cover the whole state of hockey and we, we've, we've done all different games. I looked at the schedule this week and, you know, number two, Fox cities playing central Wisconsin at green heck, which is like, you know, three miles from my house, you know, yeah, I'll go to that game. I, I want to see that. I think, I, I think, you know, our, our, our readers would, would like to, to see us cover that game. And, you know, on the boys' side, number one and number two uh, playing each other. It's only an hour and a half from here to Eau Claire. I can make it over there on a on a Thursday night, you know, just sneak out of work early a little bit and drive over there, you know, maybe sneak out of work even earlier and, you know, go hit Mandy's before the game. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> that should that should be – actually, both games should be really, really good. Um, Fox City Stars taking on the Central Wisconsin Storm up at Greenheck, right? Yep. Say Greenheck. Yeah, Greenheck. And then the, on Thursday, uh, number one Hudson is at uh, Eau Claire, so that means they would be taking a memorial over at Hobbs. Uh, well, should, one other thing I wanted to mention about the Eau Claire Memorial team thing, the thing that it, right away that that impressed me about that team um, in, in their zone. When when they get control of the when one of their guys gets the puck in their zone, it's like two passes and they're gone, they're out. I mean they they just they 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 they, they break out of their zone. You give them the, they're out of their zone like right now. And I asked I asked uh, Coach Collins about that. He said because all of their all of their defensemen are great skaters and great puck handlers. So once they get control of the puck, I mean they look up. You know, if the pass is there, they make it. If it's not, they skate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to score on the rush because you don't get you you don't spend a whole lot of time in their offensive zone or in their defense in their zone. Um, yeah, they get it out quick. Going off the top of my head, this game might be able to watch this one online on uh, Old Abe TV. That's one game they might be carrying. So. Well, doesn't Check Hudson do the website too? Yeah, I, Hudson I think, Hockey will probably have it too. So, Burglar will be there, but you know, if you want to watch it, want to watch it for yourself, there you have it. You can find it online. I, th- I think I think Bill's going to be there with me because uh, I think Grandma's already said she'll take the kids. All right, good deal. Our final thoughts of the night. First off, I want to give the first final thought. Uh, congratulations to Dodgeville. You are been voted as the coldest rink in Wisconsin, according to Waha. They had a little poll there, and uh, Dodgeville 
beat out the cube. So congratulations. I, I, they don't I, even I, have I, a high I, school team. I still have a hard time with that. Dodgeville is probably the southernmost rink in the state. Are there any ranks farther south than Dodgeville? Beloit. All right, one. But I mean, over in, when you look at the Madison area, I mean, that's way out 151. That's, you know, 20, I want to say 20, 20 miles maybe down 151. Junior, can you cal- calculate that? No, I'm on drugs. You're on drugs. <laughs> What's that, Del? Monroe's a little further south than Dodgeville, ain't it? Yes, it is. Yes, Monroe is also. All right. But I mean, they don't even have a high school team. And I can tell you, I've been there five years ago. Their locker rooms were like ice shanties. What do you do? Small oh, I town. love a cold locker room. <laughs> you would, because you're on drugs. Let's go back to the rest of our stuff here. Our final thought. Who wants to talk about stuff here? Who wants to take the lead on our final thoughts of... Uh, the state tournament donations and the high school Hobie Baker awards are coming up. And that's where we make a plea to the coaches to uh, name some players. All right, Del, Del, why don't you take the Hobie Baker thing? Well, once again, as we pointed out for the past few years, Wisconsin does get the highest percentage of uh, players nominated for the Hobie Baker uh, character award here, but there's no reason if you have seniors on your team that we shouldn't have a hundred percent participation from all of our boys and girls, high school hockey teams in getting a player nominated for this. It's, you know, really simple. We do have a thing on the website and Jim Hayes sends out emails once a week. And I, and I saw it in my inbox today. So, coaches, please get your player nominated for, for this award. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Burglar. All right. Yep. And again, um, we like I like I told, said before, we we had uh, the the folks at Sport Engine. Um, that's that's the company that that does all the back end stuff, all the data stuff that that powers our site. We run on their platform. We had them do an upgrade for us to make the site more mobile friendly. Um, and it is very mobile friendly. It's just not very advertiser friendly. Um, so um, we don't have the ads showing up on the site that we used to. So therefore we're not getting uh, revenue. And we, we started, Trasher and I started this site um, back in 2001. Um, when when um, George Bauman um, had given had had George Bauman had been doing the high school hockey report uh, for years, which was a newsletter he mailed out uh, weekly. Um, and when he retired from it, um, I thought about taking over it, and I didn't. Uh, there was a guy down in Milwaukee who who uh, took over that report from him, and um, he he went and his, his his site was horrible. 
Um, I asked, I, I asked him, you know, cause I was doing website stuff at the time. I asked him if I could, you know, help him with his website. He kind of blew me off. So I said, to heck with it. And I, I stole Trasher from him and we, we made our own website. Um, and our, our we, we, it, it was never to make money. Um, uh, my, my wife and I, uh, the lovely Mrs. Berg, we've been going to the state tournament every year since 1997. Um, and our, our only goal for doing this site was, you know, you know, to, to make it to, once we started getting advertising revenues to make enough money on it to pay for the state tournament. So we can get an all expense paid trip to the state tournament every year. That's our goal uh, to make enough advertising money to cover our state tournament costs. And this year um, when we redesigned the site, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot um, and the advertising revenue stopped. Um, so we're asking for donations um, to cover our, 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 expenses and uh stuff at, at the state tournament um so if you if you appreciate the stuff we do uh if you've got a booster club or whatever and want to you know send some money our way so we can pay for the hotels and the, the internet costs and the other stuff we have uh tickets and stuff at the state tournament that would be greatly appreciated um in the meantime we're working to get those ads back on the site um, but unfortunately, um, when we joined the, the Sports Engine Network, it was just a small little group, um, guys that were college friends um, over at UW-Eau Claire. Um, and and th they started it, and then they moved to Minneapolis, and they got involved with the, uh, the Minneapolis Star Tribune. And I think we were their first big um, pickup outside of the state of Minnesota. Um, you know, so they liked us and they worked with us and helped developing the site and stuff. But then they, 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 they sold to NBC Sports and like all of the guys that we knew were gone. Um, NBC Sports is this big conglomerate thing and we mean nothing to them. So we've been trying to get them to help us get the ads back up, back on the site and they just kind of ignore us. Um, so we need a little help. Uh, I mean, we're going to be there one way or another. Um, well, if there is one, a tournament there. Uh, anyway, but if you could help us out, that'd be great. Um, if not, you know, thanks for listening. Pretty cut and dry there. But yeah, I remember when we met with a sport engine. Um, years well, yeah, ago. we met, we, we, we yeah, we, sat we went, we, yeah. the, the, the owners, the guys who started it all. And they I want to say the guy's name was was it Ryan? No. Something like that. Carson. Carson. Um, well, Carson was one. Carson Wentz was one. And anyway, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean we met Justin. With... Justin. Justin Koffenberg. Yep, that's it. Yeah. He nice guys. One. And you yeah. know, yeah, they, they built it up, you know cashed out let you know they've got bought out um well probably went on to start something else i bet they cashed out all right probably made a pretty good piece of coin for it well guys uh it's getting late i need to get to bed um 4 30 comes pretty early so any, anybody got anything else i guess that's a no junior hope your mouth gets feeling better Kick that drug yeah, habit. Yeah, me too.
Del, good to see you. Good Burglar. to see you all. Good night, John Boy. Okay, Mariel. Uh, we got some good uh, games of the week. We'll get some stuff up about that, and uh, hopefully everybody will check in on that and uh, take a take a good look at the website and uh, help us out for state tournament donations. So for you, the listener or person watching, Brian Brandt, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Mike Hammett. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. <laughs>